This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 27, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. California is the latest state poised to legalize the possession of some small amounts of psychedelic drugs. Left out of the process are the physicians who might want to prescribe and supervise the use of these drugs in a therapeutic setting. And the federal government is well behind the curve in allowing practicing physicians to help patients in this way. Cato's Jeff Singer and I discussed the issue last week. Multiple cities. And now, uh, Oregon, Washington, D.C., and now California is looking uh, potentially to be the latest state to, I don't know if you call it end prohibition on psychedelics or legalize them for for, for specific purposes. Now, Oregon did uh, seem to be so very careful about how it has uh, legalized the therapeutic use of uh, at least mushrooms. What is California looking to do? Yeah. By the way, you also not you don't want to not mention Colorado. Colorado recently decriminalized psilocybin, uh, DMT, ibogaine, and uh, mescaline. Um, but Oregon set up a, a process whereby they will license facilitators who want to facilitate people who are using some of these uh, naturally occurring psychedelics to deal with a, a whole host of uh, mental health disorders that the psychedelics have been shown to be very helpful with, particularly such problems as PTSD, major depressive disorders, even addiction. There's been evidence that, for example, psilocybin has been helpful, or MDMA, which is not a naturally occurring uh, psychedelic. They've been helpful in, in, in treating addiction to uh, nicotine, uh, alcohol, and perhaps you know illegal, illicit drugs. Now, in California, the, uh, after uh, multiple tries, it looks like the, the state legislature has passed and sent to the governor's desk for signature a bill that will decriminalize just psilocybin and psilocin, both of which occur in mushrooms, mescaline, which occurs in a cactus, and peyote cactus, and DMT, which is dimethyl tryptophan, which is uh, found in ayahuasca. In California's case, they put strict limits on how much a person can have for personal use without being subject to criminal penalties. So they decriminalized it. They didn't legalize it. And they haven't addressed issues of allowing people to facilitate psychedelic-assisted therapy. And we also don't know if the governor is going to sign it. As of now, the governor has a, a few more weeks yet to decide whether or not to sign the bill. What's interesting is all of these jurisdictions that are passing these decriminalizations are dealing with naturally occurring psychedelics, uh, such as those that occur in mushrooms uh, or peyote cactus or or ayahuasca, or ibogaine, which is not in the California bill, but that's found with the iboga uh, shrub. Another, it's another uh, effective psychedelic. And um, I suspect the reason why they're focusing on naturally occurring ones is because if they want to deal with uh, decriminalizing or legalizing synthetic psychedelics, then they, you probably get into issues where the FDA gets involved because the FDA, for example, right now is considering tr clinical trials that are being used on using MDMA to treat PTSD, for example. And there's reason to believe that in the next year or so, they may approve it for that. But since those are synthetic psychedelics, they come under the jurisdiction of the FDA, whereas if, if you uh, don't punish people for using 
uh, psychedelics that occur naturally in plants in the environment or that they can grow, that stays away from uh, those FDA issues. If a physician wanted to recommend that a, a patient of theirs take mushrooms or uh, MDMA or DMT or LSD or any number of these other chemicals or compounds or whole plants or fungi, what risk do they put themselves at for continuing to practice medicine? Well, right now, since they've been be engaging in a federally prohibited activity, they are likely to get prosecuted and could lose their license to practice medicine. But the interesting thing is there's an irony here that over the decades, the, most people who have engaged in psychedelic-assisted uh, therapy are not necessarily physicians. Some are psychologists, some are counselors. They're from many different walks of life. In fact, Rick Doblin, who is the founder of the of MAPS, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, he's got his degree in government administration from, from Harvard. So, and he's very knowledgeable on, on facilitating this. So you also run into the problem of if you only allow doctors to be facilitators, then you, you, you're going to really reduce access to this treatment because the great majority of licensed physicians don't know anything about this and don't have any experience or training in this. And the most of the people who do are not licensed physicians. Also, among people who are, have been working in this field for years, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, controversy regarding whether or not you want to get the government involved in licensing facilitators because that complicates matters as well. Because then as, as listeners to Cato Daily Podcasts know, licensing primarily serves to keep out competition, not to protect the consumer. So then you're going to get into this uh, area where you have rent-seeking and special interest pleading. And uh, if you're going to get into the state licensing facilitators, it's going to restrict a lot of people who have experience uh, and want to be able to help people. So I know initially when Colorado voters were considering a ballot initiative, a lot of the people who were involved in psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy for years were very leery about a portion of the ballot initiative that was going to license facilitators. And apparently, they got some modifications made to it so that you could still not be penalized for sitting in a room and helping a person navigate through their psychedelic experience if you're not a licensed facilitator. It just sort of decriminalizes that activity. So that, in a way, it, it's uh, some of the people who have been advocates for psychedelic-assisted therapy over the years, they, they, they would rather be left alone than have the state involve itself in deciding who can do it and who can't. And I think they make a very strong argument. So as we w await uh, the governor, uh, Governor Newsom, and his decision whether or not to approve this, uh, I guess, how do you foresee that kind of assisted therapy uh, rolling out. Uh, do we have any evidence from Oregon about how it's being done? Well, they're just really getting underway now. Um, there are uh, training programs for people who want to become facilitators, and uh, they are just now, uh, they've licensed several facilitators who are just now getting underway. So we really can't talk about the experience yet, but that's one place that's got, got a head start over other states where it's, it's already underway. In the meantime, there's a lot of uh, continuing research suggesting that psychedelics hold out a lot of promise for treating a lot of mental health problems. For example, 
just uh, at the end of August in JAMA, an article was published on a phase two clinical trial involving multiple centers. It was a randomized control placebo-based trial where people were given uh, pharmaceutical grade or synth synthetic psilocybin, because again, this is something that the FDA is going to be supervising to treat major depressive disorder. And they found that after just one dose of 25 milligrams of synthetic psilocybin, psilocin, there, there was a significant improvement in major depressive disorder symptoms that seemed to have a lasting effect over the six-week follow-up. Now, nobody could say uh, if it would last over 12 weeks because they haven't done that much of a follow-up yet. But the point is that this is without any other medications. So we're all aware that people need to be oftentimes on multiple medications to treat depression. Sometimes it takes weeks for them to kick in and they have their own set of side effects. If, if, if there's the possibility of one or two treatments with a psychedelic where you're also, of course, uh, assisted with a facilitator to help to help you uh, navigate the experience. I mean, to me, that 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 that's an exciting. That's uh, I hate to use the overused term, but that's a game changer. That could mean that people can could uh, actually get you know treatment without having to be on a bunch of medications for the rest of their life. I think that's exciting. Game changer for the positive for many patients, but well, two things on that. One, FDA doesn't do a very good job approving chemicals that are not isolated, right? Right, and and uh, the pharmaceutical industry might be a little bit nervous at the prospect of a drug that a one dose removes a great need for multiple drugs that you would need to take on an ongoing basis. That's true. And also, you know, a lot of these psychedelics are no longer able to be patented. LSD has been around since 1938. It's, it's, it can't be patented now. It's off patent. Uh, psil psilocybin is, is off patent. And that, that's another thing. A lot of these naturally occurring synthetics, it's difficult to patent them. Of course, the pharmaceutical companies can make some modifications to them and get a patent that way. But, or, or, or they can patent the process by which, by which they're uh, isolated and synthesized. But it's true that there's a, almost a sort of a conflict of interest where do you really want to get behind producing something that could take away a lot of take a lot of your products off the shelf, especially since you might not be able to get a patent on it and, and enjoy uh, exclusivity in the market for a while. So yeah, that, that is a good point. Um, and that's one of the problems, of course, we have when we have a government monopoly making the decision regarding what medications people can get access to to help themselves. Jeff Singer is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.